0: Good morning, good morning, Morning. happy Easter to you all, let's remain standing just for a moment, let's pray. We have a few moments just to lean into the Word of God, and whether you're here in the building or whether you're at home online, uh, we just want to make sure that the atmosphere in the room and the atmosphere in our heart is just saying, God, speak to me, speak to me this morning. So let's open our hearts and let's pray. Father, thank you. For your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for, Lord, the greatest sacrifice that was ever made and the greatest rescue mission that has ever been accomplished in the history of humanity the cross. Father, I thank you this morning that God, you know every man, every woman, every young person in this building and watching online. You know every detail of our lives, you know every heartbeat. And I pray this morning that God, you would reveal yourself afresh to every single one of us, no matter where we are on our spiritual journey. Father, let us see Jesus a little bit clearer. Let us understand the Easter message just a little bit more clearer. Again, today we pray that, Lord, you would be glorified in our hearts, but God, that our lives would be transformed by your grace and your power. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. I, uh, I just again want to just say, say thank you to the worship team. Can we put our hands together for the brilliant job that they've done? They're always so humble when you do that. But uh, I, I want to remind you that uh, you are in a, you're in a great place. You're in a great local church. Pastor Matt and Frank have been friends for many years and it's been an absolute thrill just to, to watch how God has been blessing the church and just increasing the church. I was at the Waverly campus uh, last night and just seeing uh, the people there and hearing the stories of what God has been doing. You're part of something great and it's amazing that sometimes you can be in the middle of something great. You can be you know, being in the overflow of great leadership and sometimes just forget to just stop and say wow, what a privilege we have. And uh, it's wonderful, a privilege to be here on Easter Sunday uh, as we're coming out of COVID to be able to regather like this. What a joy that is. And uh, I mentioned to the Waverley campus last night, for me, it's a particular joy just to be in a room with people. Uh, My wife left me about a week ago. And uh, when I say that, don't panic, she's coming back. I just sent her interstate for a week or so, she's looking after uh, one of my daughters who's just had a brand new baby and uh, so she's gone up there just to help, uh, they've got a two year old as well so it's a bit hectic and uh, so I've just been all alone at home, just me and the dog, thank you, thank you, I feel that, it's- so to be in the room is absolutely wonderful and to be able to bring the word this morning and really what I want to share with you this morning it's it's a fairly simple word uh, if you need a title for what I want to speak about this morning it's very very simply this the cross changes everything yeah. changes everything you know there are there are some things in fact there are there are many things that changed some things in our lives. I can remember when I first got my first car, Morris Minor, 1, 998 cc's of raw power. That car changed my life. I remember the moment, finding it in a little garage, all dusty and that, and I took it home. My dad and I bought it together. And he drove it home. I didn't have my license yet, and I used to polish it, and just all that stuff. But if you remember your first car, when you first got your license, it changed a lot of things about your life. Suddenly you were independent. You didn't have to fight with your brothers or sisters or your mom or dad to to get their car. Oh, no, no. You could go wherever you wanted to, whenever you wanted to, because you had your own car. Some things change a lot of things in our lives. Remember when I first met my wife, Sally, once I was single, then I became married. How many people know that changes a lot of things? Once I could do whatever I wanted, now I'm a married man. <laughs> changes everything. Then we went and bought a house. How many people remember their first mortgage? That changes everything. Once you never budgeted, now you've got a budget. Our first house, we paid 60... This'll, this will this, tell you how old I am. Our first house in Central Box Hill. They wanted $65,000 for it, but I crunched them down to 63. <laughs> Come on! But our first mortgage, it was terrifying. $30,000 mortgage. <laughs> I thought I'd never pay it off. I'll be in debt for my life. But how many people know a mortgage changes things about your life and then you go and have children? My goodness, children change your life. And if you're like my wife and I, we took Genesis very, 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 very seriously. When we first married as a new couple, doing our morning devotions together, we read those scriptures where God said to Adam and Eve, go forth and Multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. I can remember looking at my terrified wife saying, Darling, we've got work to do. <laughs> so, one baby, two babies, three babies, four babies, five babies, that's enough. But how you know? There are lots of things that change some things in our lives. But only one thing changes everything, and that is the cross. You see, if you think about it naturally, the, the cross. It changes how we measure modern history. The two most important dates in the calendar, every year, celebrated, recognized, literally around the world, are Christmas and Easter. We measure history by BC, before Christ, AD, everything after Christ. And so when we're talking about Easter, we're talking about the cross, we're talking about something that even the world recognizes changed everything. More than any ice age, more than any empire that has risen and then fallen, more than any world war, all of history is either before or after the cross. The cross changes everything. But we're not talking just about natural I want to just concentrate today on what happened in the spiritual realms through the cross and through what Christ did on the cross and then his resurrection. You see, when we consider the cross, the cross literally changed the way that God was able to look at mankind. You see, before the cross, when God looked at mankind, all he could see was brokenness. Think about it. It started with Adam and Eve. The first man and the first woman were... God had so much hope. God had so much promise. God had so much potential. But if you know the story of Adam and Eve, you know that God loved them. They walked with him in the garden. But but God did something incredible, risky, which he did with you and I as well. He gave Adam and Eve a choice. And they made their choice, but all of their choices weren't good ones. They chose to be independent. They chose to rebel. They chose to disobey. And the reality is that as a consequence of their disobedience way back then, all of humanity suffers the same fate. And when God looked at Adam and Eve, and in the Old Testament, when God looked at mankind, he had to look at them on their brokenness, had to look at them on independence, had to look at their rebellion. Now, in the Old Testament, he had a short-term solution to that. And he, he instituted the Ten Commandments. He brought in the law, which was basically an attempt to say, look, in order to please God, in order to be accepted by God, now here are the simple rules that you have to apply. But even God knew they'd never be able to do it. And so, on top of the commandments, on top of the command on the law, he had to bring in sacrifice. And he had to bring in all of these things that would make it possible for mankind to be able to be relate back to God and for God to be able to look at mankind. But in the New Testament, how many people are glad we're in the New Testament this morning? In the New Testament, God came up with the final solution, not a short-term solution, but he came up with the final solution for our brokenness and for our sin, and that was and remains the cross. Isaiah 53, the old prophet, Isaiah 53, verse 6, says this, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, speaking of Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In the New Testament, in the book of Peter, the first book of Peter, chapter 2, 24, speaking of Jesus again as the final solution, again speaking of the cross, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness, For by his wounds, we are healed. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. You see, the cross changed everything of the way that God could look at humanity and could look at our brokenness and our rebellion because the cross was the work of of redemption. See, when you look at the definition of that word, to redeem means to buy back, to regain possession of something that was lost. You see, many people look at the cross and don't understand, but what was happening on the cross was that Jesus was paying a debt that he didn't owe, but that had to be paid. And that by going to the cross, he justified, he fulfilled the need that broken humanity had introduced to the world. It's interesting today, if uh, there are many people that are struggling to, to get together a deposit or to be able to go to the bank and be able to say, I need to loan money. And the bank will often say to them, well, I can't loan the money on who you are, but if you can find a creditor, if you can find a guarantor. And what happens there, if you have a guarantor that will back up your mortgage, what will happen is the bank will look at you, but if you fail in your payments, the bank bank will no longer look at you. They will look at you and say, well, you can't do it. You can't pay, but I know that you've got a guarantor. And as soon as you fail, all of their attention will go to the guarantor. And if you've done your homework, the guarantor will have everything that is needed to be able to keep that loan going. The bank no longer looks at you. He looks at the guarantor. And the cross is a picture of that same redemption of buying back where God no longer looks at broken humanity. God no longer looks at our weakness and our infirmity and our rebellion. His attention is taken away from us and it is cast onto the cross because at the cross you were redeemed, I was redeemed at the cross. All of humanity can find its redemption. The cross changes everything. changes the way that God looks at humanity and it changes the way that humanity can look to God. I was raised in a Baptist church as a little boy and uh, they were wonderful people and they they did preach the gospel but it was a very, very conservative church. And I've got to tell you, as a a little boy my concept of God was completely distorted. I had to sit quiet in church. (laughs) You couldn't make a noise. If you made a noise, someone in front of you would turn around and go, shush, shush. <laughs> It was all very, 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 very religious. We sang great hymns back then, though. Come on. Oh, for a thousand tongues. Anyone remember that one? Oh, I feel like, no, I won't. <laughs> but I grew up with the concept that God was a long, long, long way away. And that God, if there was one thing I knew about God, He was not fun. They were good people, but they weren't particularly joy-filled people. And so I had a distorted perspective of what God was really like. And can I say, before the cross, we could understand if you had a distorted perception of God. In the Old Testament, God appeared to be a bit distant and really a bit scary. Lightning and thunder and earthquakes. And only the priests could go into the temple on your behalf. You couldn't approach God, but... After the cross, after the cross, after the cross, Jesus is fully revealed and Jesus reveals exactly what God is like. He is not a God of judgment. He's not a God of vengeance. He's not a God who is angry, who's just waiting to be able to condemn and to stamp and to reveal our sin and our brokenness. He's a God who wants to pour out grace and mercy. That's what we see on the cross. It allows us to have a whole new perspective. Well, I don't know how many favorite Bible verses you've got, how many favorite New Testament stories you've got. I've got probably at least 200. But one of my top favorite has got to be the woman that was caught in adultery. And if you know that story, then you'll know where I'm going, but maybe you've never heard this before. It's such a powerful story. And it's not a little story in some children's storybook. It's reality. It shows us who God is and who Jesus really is. If you know the story, as it's recounted in John chapter 8, the teachers of the law, some Pharisees, religious opponents of Jesus, bring a woman who the Bible says has been literally caught in the act of adultery. They drag her shamefully. They drag her embarrassed. They drag her in her guilt, and they bring her before Jesus. And trying to trick Jesus, trying to trying to explain, trick him into making a decision of judgment, a decision based purely on the law. They come and say, Jesus, this woman was caught in adultery. She's guilty, 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 but what do you say? The Bible, verse 6, says, Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you that is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Now, I don't know if you ever imagined what it would have been like to be that woman, but I imagine in that moment, she would have had all sorts of emotions going through her heart, all kinds of thoughts going through her mind I'm sure that she would have felt shame. I'm sure that she would have felt embarrassment. But I'm sure that she also would have had incredible nervousness, wondering, what is Jesus going to say? She probably knew the law. There was no doubt about her guilt. What is Jesus going to say? If the law said she should be, what is Jesus going to say? Of course, we get the benefit of knowing the full story. It says, Jesus straightened up and asked her woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. The cross changes everything because the cross means we no longer have to live in the fear of judgment. We no longer have to worry. Is God angry at us? Does God want to? Does he delight in condemning the guilty? And the answer to that is found in the cross. And the answer to that is no, no, no. No matter where we've been, no matter what we have done, no matter what scars we carry, the answer is God loves you. God loves you just the way you are. Thank God the cross means we don't have to stay the way we are. But thank him that he loves us with our brokenness, with our stain, with all of that, that sin has done in our lives. You might say to me, Pastor Dave, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the life that I've lived. You don't know the things that have happened to me. But friends, I don't need to know your story. All I need to know is what the Word of God says. And the Word of God, Psalm 103, listen to this. God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as He removed our transgressions from us. The cross changes everything. And I know this morning that you might be sitting here and saying, Pastor Dave, I know that. But can I tell you, if you're sitting here this morning and you're living in freedom, if you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I've got the cross in my life and there's no shame and there's no guilt, what well, can I say, let's never lose the wonder. If we ever lose the wonder of forgiveness, if we ever lose the wonder of freedom, we've lost something that is so fundamental to us as believers. How will we ever reach out to others if we lose the wonder? I don't know about you, but I don't think I'll ever lose the wonder because I'll never forget where I came from. I know where I was. I know about my addictions. I know about my lifestyle. I know about all of those things. But the beautiful thing is that all of those things are behind the cross. And now we live in freedom. The cross changes everything. It changes the way that God looks at humanity. It changes the way that that we can look towards God. But more importantly, is this that it changes the way that we can actually live our lives. We've heard this morning stories of transformation. Can I tell you, the gospel is useless if it doesn't translate into our lives being changed. I was raised with theology, but I never saw the duology. I was raised knowing and hearing about Scripture, but never seeing it worked out. I was raised hearing about the Holy Spirit, but never knowing Him personally. Hearing about the cross, but never experiencing it. And the beauty of the cross is it changes, it basically changes the rules of how we live on planet Earth. You see, before the cross, we were victims. Before the cross, we had no power of our own. To be able to live in a way that, that would glorify God, that would please God. We were weak. We were dead in our sin. We heard already the scripture, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, they are now a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, everything has been made new. The cross says, yes, you were weak. Yes, you didn't have no power. But now because of the cross and because of the resurrection that we celebrate on Easter Sunday, you and I and every man, woman, and young person who says yes to the cross, who says yes to Jesus has the power of a new life within. And that means we have a choice. That means that when circumstance comes against us, we have a choice. That means when temptation comes our way, We now have a choice because of the cross. 1 Corinthians says, No temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Oh, friends, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was first born again because of the life that I'd lived, one of my first prayers I ever prayed to God was, God, if you can just fix me, <laughs> that will be great. <laughs> because I knew there was nothing pleasing in my life. Alcohol, drugs, sexual immorality, false worship, all of these things going on in my life. You never know it to look at me, although you may have a good guess. But my prayer was simply, God, if you can fix me, if you can help me to walk, because I knew that there was nothing that was good in my life. And then somebody told me about, no, 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 because of the cross, because of the Holy Spirit, when temptation comes, all we've got to do is resist the devil. All we've got to do is submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And I don't know what temptation you might be facing today, Maybe it is alcohol, maybe it is some kind of illicit drug, maybe it is some kind of moral issue that keeps coming back in your life. But can I tell you today, friends, there is no temptation that if you yield yourself to God, if you say, Holy Spirit, help me, if you stand against the enemy, if you stand against His plans for your life, I'm telling you, every single one of us can walk in freedom because of the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't believe the lie of the devil that you cannot change. Don't believe your own self-doubt that says, I've been struggling with it and I've just got to learn to live with it. No, no, no. You can live free over temptation this morning. We have a choice because of the cross. The cross changes how we live. We have a choice when we have terrible circumstances come into our lives. See, it used to be we were just the victims of whatever happened, and we would just say, oh, well, okay, sera, Sarah. It's happened, and I'll just have to live with that and live with the circumstance. But no, now we have a choice. Now we have a choice to be able to stand at the cross and be able to claim the promises of the Word that says that we know that all things work together for good, for those that love Him and are called to His name. We have a choice to be able to say, God, this pandemic is shocking. And over these last couple of years, we've all been affected, but it doesn't mean that we carry the effect. We've all had an impact, but the beautiful thing about the pandemic, it's revealed the difference between what the church has, what you have, what as a believer has, and what the world has. The world had nothing but fear and confusion. The world had nothing but what's going to happen now. I hope I'm going to be all right. But the church, for you and I, the pandemic has been an opportunity to say, yeah, we live with the reality of what's going on, but we never lose hope. We never lose hope. We know that God is at work in the midst of all of this thing. You see the world says, "What in what is God doing? What's happening?" But what we ask is God, how, "What are you teaching us? What are you leading us through? What can we do as part of light in a dark season?" You see the cross changes how we look at our circumstances. And can I say that once the cross is active in our lives, once we are submitted unto God, the reality is we are never victims. We have a choice to meet our days not with fear, But in faith, every single day, the cross changes everything. Finally, this morning, when we realize the power of the cross and we embrace the power of the cross, it changes how we respond to sickness. We heard again in the testimonies today, we have a choice now. We don't just say, yeah, well, that's what the doctors say. Yeah, that's what the diagnosis say. We say, hey, yeah, that's what the diagnosis says. And that's what the doctors are saying. But hey, here's what I've learned in my life. Doctors treat, medicine treats, but Jesus heals. Amen. But Jesus heals. But Jesus heals. We've heard one testimony this morning of someone who should be dead, but they're not dead, and the only answer is Jesus. And I could stay here all day and I could come back tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and stand here and tell you so many miracles of when doctors said it's all over. But I love the story where the man says, hey, here's the news, your daughter is dead. And Jesus turns to him and says, oh, don't be afraid. Only believe. Only believe and you shall see the glory of God. We have a choice. When life throws it all against us, when it seems that we can't keep moving forward, the cross changes everything. I'm going to invite the musicians to come because that will help to remind me that I need to stop. (laughs) It won't guarantee it. (laughs) You know, I think one of the reasons that story about the woman caught in adultery is one of my favorite ones is because Jesus is revealing who God is in such a beautiful and a powerful way. Someone that was guilty, guilty, guilty. And yet Jesus refused to condemn. But at the same time, he gave her an invitation. At the same time, he made a demand on her. You see, he didn't just say to this woman, no, I don't condemn you. Just off you go. No, he said, I don't condemn you. I love you. I'm here to represent a God who loves you. I'm here to represent a God of grace and a God of mercy and a God of compassion. And I'm here ultimately because I'll go to the cross and I'll pay the price. And once that price is paid, there's an opportunity for all humanity to be brought back into relationship with God. Not through their own effort, not through our own struggles, but by simply embracing what Jesus does on that cross. But he doesn't just say, I'm representing God. He's saying, now, I want you to leave your life of sin. You see, she had to make a choice. It's fascinating. Every year, every year, the world acknowledges the cross. The historical fact of the cross is, it's all across the television on Easter. All across the world. The world cannot deny the cross. And the issue today is not whether we believe the cross was real or not real. The issue today is whether, have we said yes to the the Savior who was on the cross? Have we said yes to the life that He offers? Like that woman, have we made a choice to say, yes, I'm not just going to receive your grace and hear your grace, but I'm going to stand up and walk in that grace. She could have gone back to her old life, lived in the shadows, lived in shame again, but I choose to believe that she left that place after such an encounter with Jesus that she was never, ever, ever the same again. And I know that this room is filled with people online at home. Probably so many people watching online, we're all in that same situation. We've had that encounter with Jesus and it's changed our lives because we've received all that He achieved on the cross.